Hello and welcome to another episode of the Small Town Tourist Podcast where we experience and explore everything that makes small towns great and another installment of our Summer Festival Spotlight Series. This is the series we've been doing this summer where we really highlight small town festivals happening across the state of Minnesota and today we're talking about one of my personal favorites. We are talking about the Swanville Midsummer Carnival. This happens, uh, usually it's the weekend after the 4th of July in Swanville, Minnesota. Very small town but it's a town that is very near and dear to my heart. I grew up going to the dentist in this town and now my family has a lake near Swanville. So it's a town that I spend quite a bit of time in and it really has a lot of hustle and bustle around the Midsummer Carnival. It is a three-day event that really has a lot of prep work leading up to it throughout the week leading to the event. And we get more into that with our guest today. We're talking with Grant Allen. He is part of the Swanville Lions Club, who is the organization that really helps the carnival come together they do work on this, not just the week of the carnival, but the weeks leading up to it. And they even are active during the winter prepping for it, which we will get into as well in this interview. So please enjoy our time hanging out with Grant, talking all about the Swanville Midsummer Carnival that is celebrating its 60th anniversary this year. So come on home, claim your throne when life gets you down. It's nice to know there's somewhere to go. Okay, well, I always have everyone start out by giving me their name, where they're from, and what they do. So go ahead whenever you're ready. This is Grant Allen here from the Swanville Lions, and we're going to talk about the carnival, the upcoming 60th anniversary. This is one event during the summer that I try not to miss. I always block off it on my calendar. As soon as I get a new planner in the year, I always try to figure out when the carnival is going to be because I want to make sure that I can get to it. Yeah, no, it's a fun event. Uh, Starts Friday evening and runs all the way through Sunday evening, and we usually get a heck of a crowd. It's a good fundraiser for us, and it's a good community event that gets people coming from all over. Yeah, it's really awesome to see just the crowds of people that end up in Swanville. I'm in the area every single weekend. That's where my family's lake place is, and it's usually a pretty quiet town, not a whole lot going on. But once Carnival Weekend gets there, man, it is hustling and bustling. Yeah, the whole week long for the community is crazy, just getting everything set up and everything in place. The town kind of changes for a week and a half there. (laughs) out of the norm but it's a nice change yeah absolutely love to see it come but we're always ready to see it go by the time sunday evening comes (laughs) especially the lions group you guys are hard at work all week and the weeks leading up to it and heck even in the winter you guys are cutting ice from the lake to make sure that all the drinks are cold (laughs) yeah exactly no that's another another thing a lot of people don't realize uh we cut all of our own ice in the winter to keep the kegs of beer cold come july so it's another project we do that uh, saves us money and I think that tradition started in the early 80s. So it's kind of fun to keep it going. I wrote a story about that a couple of years ago for the radio station I was working for. And people are like, what in the world are you writing about, Abby? So if you could give people a little backstory on what exactly it means to go and cut ice, that'd be very helpful. <laughs> Absolutely. So I believe it was in 1980. They went out on Lake Pepin right, right in Swanville and uh, started cutting their own ice. They uh, use chainsaws and they stack it up in an ice house uh, back how they used to do that in older times before freezers and refrigeration. That's how everyone kept everything cold. They thought it was a good way to save money. They started in 1980 and that was a failed attempt. Actually, all their ice melted that year. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) But uh, in 1981, they nailed it and we've been going strong ever since. 
So where do you guys keep all the blocks of ice at? And we have an ice house right near town, kind of on some city property. And yeah, we stack all the blocks in there. They're, the blocks are usually around 16 by 16 inches, sometimes a little smaller than that. And we stack those up and we cover them with, uh, with sawdust and they, they ride it out until the carnival comes in, in July. So. It's amazing they can make it last that long, especially with how hot it's been this year. <laughs> yeah, no, it's crazy. Everyone, when you tell them about it, they, they think the ice is going to be gone and we go take it out and wash it off. And yeah, there's a whole pile just like we left it. So Another thing people were concerned about when I initially wrote that story, they're like, they're not making mixed drinks with that, right? I'm like, no, 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 no. They will not. That <laughs> ice is not going in your mixed drink. <laughs> nope, nope. It's just uh, keeping the stock tanks uh, cold with the kegs. So Exactly. Everybody loves a good tap beer in the summer too. Yeah, we always say that the carnival ones are the coldest because we put all that hard work into it and making them cold. <laughs> I'd believe that. So how did your involvement with the Lions come about? Um, Honestly, I joined the Swan the Lions immediately after I graduated high school. There's a few people that have done the same. Um, it's just when you're growing up in, in the town of Swanville, you see how much work the Lions put into the community and their effort from all of our different projects that we do from helping things with the city, helping the school, summer rec, school trips, things like that. You see how well the money's spent and I wanted to be a part of it. So I got a good young start at it, but we have members all the way from 18 to gentlemen that are in their 90s. So it's a it's a fun group of people. It's a fun group of people, and it's a group that's dedicated to giving back, which is something that I think is really cool. And it's what's great about small communities and Lions clubs like your guys is like there's a lot of hard work that goes on behind the scenes for different events to happen, and it's awesome that you guys are willing to do that. Yeah, no, I'm for a town of our size, I think roughly about 350 people in Swanville. Our membership is. Uh, I I think it's at like 114 or 116 gentlemen right now. So, so literally a third of the town. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The town and the surrounding people in the community all want to be a part of it. But we keep it fun. There's a little bit of work involved, but it's, it's rewarding. So we're happy to have as many members as we do. Since we're on the topic, what exactly are you guys doing when it comes to the carnival? So like once the carnival gets here... What's kind of on your to-do list? So, I mean, there's obviously year-round planning that goes down, but uh, the week that Carnival starts, we start setting up tents, the beer garden, things like that, the Monday before. And we get all that stuff ready, and we get a couple days off. Then Wednesday or Thursday, depending on kind of how the 4th of July comes, we meet up again, and then we put all the tarps on the tents. We just don't want to leave them out in the weather in case something uh, nasty were to come. It's Minnesota. So, you never know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we uh, we put tarps on, and then it's kind of wait until Friday morning. And when Friday morning rolls around, there's guys that are pre-cutting all of our chickens. We buy our chickens whole for for the famous barbecued chicken. So people start cutting it, uh, and then all of our barbecued chicken has to be pre-cooked before we can grill it, just because that's how the health inspecting stuff goes. So there's people right away at 6 in the morning Friday that get to work doing that. Uh, people start getting ice and stuff out of the ice house and getting the beer cold, and by the time 4, 35 o'clock rolls around, we're we're in action. It's definitely something people need to keep in mind. Like you say, they're starting to work on that chicken and getting that all prepped up at 6 a.m. But I'm looking at the carnival lineup here and it's 5 p.m. is opening time. So you guys are putting in a solid 12 hours of work before people even start showing up. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. There's a lot of unseen jobs that people 
don't realize and probably wouldn't want to do. <laughs> uh, start, I mean, we go through roughly about a thousand whole chickens at the carnival between 4,000 and 5,000 meals. So most of those get cut Friday morning. Some do get cut every day just if we go through extra or anticipate a bigger crowd. The other thing is like the grill and all the barbecue mess and all that stuff that all has to be uh, fully functional by the next morning. So at 4 35 o'clock there's a crew of guys that come in and they start pressure washing grills and barbecue pans and they do the dishes clean everything up and i've helped with that one year and i'm i'm glad that's not on my full-time list (laughs) thankless job and it's one of the most important (laughs) yeah that's for sure my mouth's watering so bad thinking about that barbecue chicken now (laughs) it's so good it is. It's a, it's a very different kind of sauce than most people are used to. And uh, it's really cool. It belonged to a local family back in the 60s. And the backstory behind the bar- barbecue chicken was at, I think it was the first carnival or second carnival. The Lions Club just had the beer garden and the music. And the Midway had all the food, all the rides and all of that. And a couple of the Lions Club members brought a grill down to the beer garden and were cooking chicken for themselves and the other Lions members. And people are asking where they could buy the barbecued chicken. <laughs> so the next year they said, we better sell some. Uh, so that's how it all started. And it was, uh, they made a chicken meal with the beans, the coleslaw, the dinner roll and the barbecue chicken that was how they started making it and now we do have to buy like the coleslaw the beans just because we sell so many meals but it was all homemade back then yeah you guys are pumping out meals like none other i equate the barbecue chicken at the carnival kind of like christmas cookies you only get it once a year so you just got to go and savor it as much as you can (laughs) yeah that's for sure uh there's always a running joke around town with different people how many chicken dinners can you eat this year you know got to break last year's record (laughs) (laughs) god i love that town so much yeah no it's fun we we go through yeah like i said a thousand chickens about 250 gallons of barbecue sauce and uh, that's another thing i didn't mention uh leading up to carnival they're making the barbecue sauce this friday already so it gets made a couple weeks in advance and then we keep it in 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 the walk-in coolers at the school so oh wow that's nice that the school lets you use that because obviously they're not using it this time of year so yeah no it's a works out perfect another cool thing going on this year i wanted to make sure we mention this uh there's the cup fundraiser going on around town where you guys are well not you guys directly but there's a group that's selling swanville carnival commemorative mugs and it's actually helping out the school with some of their projects too as a fundraiser yeah yeah they're doing uh, mugs uh because it's the 60th year i think they started this three years ago maybe a couple more than that but they do shirts every year so every year there's a new design designed by somebody local it's a contest actually to make the design on the t-shirts and 100% of these profits go back to the school and whatever they make gets matched with a grant as well. So it's a good opportunity for us to raise good uh, money for the school and people get a little souvenir out of the deal too. And it's a great logo this year too. It just looks fantastic. Yeah, this year uh, actually was really cool. Some of the money we raised in previous years for the Innovative School Committee, they purchased a software program uh, to do like screen printing or uh, no, graphic design. So one of our students actually made this logo on the program. So in like three to five years, that program has went full circle. <laughs> that is so cool. Yeah, very cool. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. I I got to get a shirt now. I already have the mug, but I need a shirt. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, this is just so awesome. So looking at the lineup of events here, we got bingo going on. The Midway is always a huge hit. My sister always tries to force me to go on the rides. I'm not a ride person myself, but she tries to get me on one every year. And then the parade happens on Sunday, which is a great parade. Yeah, uh, every year our parade seems to get a little bigger and a little better. Um, we have a parade committee that's been working hard. One thing that's tougher to come by now is a marching band. So if anyone's listening and knows of a good marching band that wants to drive to Swanville, we'll, we'd be happy to hire them for our parade. But uh, otherwise, yeah, everything else is locked in. And 1130 and the parade usually lasts about an hour for a small town. That's that's a pretty remarkable parade. So, Yeah, looking at the size and population of Swanville for an hour-long parade, that is extremely impressive. Yeah, there's a lot of businesses that uh, jump on board and a lot of good free advertising in the parade other than they have to buy some candy. So yeah, and everybody loves like a gooey Tootsie Roll off the side of the road. There's nothing better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I hear you there 100%. You don't have to chew them as hard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so what do we got for outdoor music this year? Who's coming to play? So we have a nice lineup of bands this year. Friday evening, we have Paul Jensen starting. He's a one man show that lives uh, just south of town. So he's going to be playing to start off. The evening, uh, late evening, we're going to have the Arch Allies. So we're excited about that. They're a, a good variety band, mostly rock. That's from the 70s into the 80s. Uh, they should be, they should do a wonderful job. I know they put on a good show, really active. They do a lot of costume changes, things like that. And uh, Saturday, we have Backroads Band, and that's actually a guy that's one of our Lions members. He lives north of town a ways. So he's going to start uh, early, and then I think at 9 o'clock, Maiden Dixie's going to hit the stage. And they're kind of a new upbeat country band. They should do an awesome show, too. We're excited for them. It's so perfect that Maiden Dixie is coming, because I was just talking to a podcast listener not too long ago, and they're like, you got to find Maiden Dixie and get them on the podcast. I'm like, I've been trying to find them in person forever, and lo and behold, they're coming to Swanville. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be good. And uh, Sunday, then we always follow up with uh, a little bit of like polka and older country in the mornings after the parade. And then it goes, you know, till about five o'clock. And this year we have Alan Goddard and Sundown. And he's been uh, coming year after year here. I think probably five, six years. Everyone loves him. So we just we rebook every year with him. If he draws a crowd, keep him coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone loves it. And you always hear people say, is that Charlie Pride? No, no, that's just Alan. It's <laughs> <laughs> just Alan. Boy. He does a good job. Oh, that's wonderful. So I've been asking everyone that I talk to about their festival, what is the one thing on the festival lineup that you personally don't want to miss out on? What's the one thing you always go to? Oh, that would definitely be hands down the chicken. There is uh, no doubt about it. That, that chicken, like you said, you get it once a year so. You have to make sure you get your fix in. You damn well might as well just buy one to go and stick it in the freezer for when you're having a bad day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there are people, we we sell many, many to-go meals. People put them in the fridge or the freezer or something like that. So it's good stuff. Well, where can people go online to get more information about the Swanville Carnival and all the other fun stuff going on with it? Um, If you follow our Facebook page, and that is the Swanville Midsummer Carnival. That's all there is to it. Uh, we don't do a lot of other advertising other than why there's a little bit of radio advertising and then yeah the swanville midsummer carnival facebook page 60 years that's such a huge accomplishment i'm so excited that it's coming up here shortly i've just been itching to be there yeah no we're all excited uh it's going to be a be a heck of a year and, and for the non-beer drinkers we i like to throw in there too we're probably one of the only festivals that uh, we do have a, a hard liquor tent we call it our whiskey garden so if you don't want to walk all the way across town to get your drink you can get some some hard liquor choices right up at the park with the band so 
that's another bonus of the Swanville Carnival. I've been there before. <laughs> <laughs> that's usually where you can find me. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Well, Grant, thank you so much for taking the time to do this interview with me today. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. We thank you for the opportunity. So awesome. we will see Carnival. Yeah, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. All right. Thanks for listening to the Small Town Tourist Podcast. I'm your host, Abby. Our theme song is Queen of Our Hometown by Rachel McIntyre-Smith. You can stream her music wherever you listen to music and be sure to check her out on social media at Rachel McIntyre-Smith. Her website is rachelmcintyresmith.com. If you're looking for more content from the Small Town Tourist, you can find me online at thesmalltowntourist.com. You can also follow on Instagram at thesmalltowntourist and like the Facebook page. Please leave a rating and review of this podcast. It really helps boost us in the algorithm and I really appreciate it as well. And I love to hear your feedback. If there is a small town festival that you'd like me to hit up or you have an idea for another podcast episode, feel free to email me, abby, A-B-B-E-Y, at thesmalltowntourist.com.